0: Thank you. More and more. And more and more. Good morning, everyone, and welcome to this week of Thanksgiving. I have some good news and I have some bad news. Let me start with the good news. The USDA says that every adult over the age of 18 should consume anywhere from 1600 to 3000 calories a day in food. And if you think about it, 3000 calories is that's that's a fair amount of food. Ready for the bad news? On Thanksgiving Day, the average American will eat 3,000 calories plus 150 grams of fat in one meal. Now, that doesn't include breakfast, hors d'oeuvres, and for all you Italians, it doesn't cover the pasta, and it doesn't even cover that late night snack of extra piece of pie, or my favorite is that turkey stuffing cranberry sandwich before I go to bed. You may be wondering and thinking to yourself, well, what, what does 3,000 calories equal to? What, what does 3,000 calories, 3, calories look like? Well, 3,000 calories is equal to either six Big Macs at McDonald's, 10 Caesar salads from Panera Bread, 12 servings of Haagen-Dazs vanilla ice cream or 14 strawberry glazed donuts with sprinkles from Krispy Kreme. Now, it's real simple for me. Give me six servings of ice cream and seven donuts, call it a day, I'm out of here. Some more bad news. For the person who weighs 160 pounds, in order to burn off 3,000 calories, you have to run for four hours, or swim for five hours, or walk 30 miles. Happy Thanksgiving, everyone. Certainly, we do not need more and more on our table. But I think every one of you would agree with me. It should be the desires of our heart to see more and more at the table of thanksgiving. And I believe that's the idea that Paul had when he wrote to the church at Corinth. In 2 Corinthians chapter 4, Paul goes at length about his ministry for the Lord Jesus Christ and the gospel. And then in verse 15, this is what he says. If you're able to stand, can you stand for the reading of God's word? And can we read it together out loud? All this is for your benefit. So that the grace that is reaching more and more people may cause thanksgiving to overflow to the glory of God. You may be seated. What a wonderful verse that speaks about the grace, the gratitude, the glory of God, and the importance of getting the gospel to as many people As we possibly can. When I think about this amazing verse. I'm reminded that Thanksgiving Day. Should not just be a holiday we observe in the fall. But Thanksgiving Day should be a part of our everyday walk. And our witness for him. From this amazing little verse. I I just want to see what we can consider with me. What we can learn from this amazing verse. First is this. Grace motivates thankfulness. Grace motivates thankfulness. Now think with me. Thankfulness is not an action. It's a reaction. It's a response To something. When thanksgiving comes from us, it's usually because something first has come to us. This verse indicates that motivation, the motivation for thankfulness is grace. Grace is the action, thankfulness is the reaction. And Paul's heart in this verse is that more and more people would receive the grace of God, the grace of salvation, so that in response, more and more thanksgiving could overflow to God. Grace is the action. Thankfulness is the reaction. Now, what's important to understand is the connection between grace and thankfulness. And you don't see this in our English Bibles. We don't don't see this in our English Bibles, but we see this in the Greek. In a word study, we can compare these two words, and I found this fascinating. The Greek word for grace is karos. The Greek word for thankfulness is eucharistia. That's where we get the word eucharist from. The celebration of the Lord's table. It's a celebration of thanksgiving for, for the bread that represents his body. And the cup that represents his blood. The Eucharist. But are you seeing it? Carus, Grace. Is a part of thanksgiving. It's right there in the word. You can't have thanksgiving Without grace. And that's the whole point. The whole point is we are thankful people because of the grace of God that has been bestowed upon us. Whenever there's a thankful heart, you can see grace is somewheres involved. And once again, I'm reminded of the absolute necessity... Of the grace of God. For if it weren't for the grace of God. There would be nothing spiritually significant in my life. There would be nothing spiritually significant in your life. It wasn't for the grace of God. How is it that we are forgiven of our sins. Because of the grace and the mercy of God. How is it that we can Be thankful for the salvation of our souls and and the gift of eternal life. It's because of the grace of God. For by grace are you saved through faith. And this morning, I'm reminded. Let us be full of thanksgiving for the grace that we have received. I, I want to make this comparison, I, I think it's, it's true, that grace to our Christian's life, God's grace to our life, to our spiritual life, is literally what oxygen is to our physical life. Without oxygen, we die. And without God's grace upon us, none of us would go far at all. Charles Dickens once suggested that instead of Thanksgiving one day a year, we should have Thanksgiving 364 days a year and one day set aside for griping and complaining. A lot of truth in those words. When we understand the connection between grace and thanksgiving, we realize there would be no giving thanks if it wasn't for the grace of God. The second thing we see in this verse that we need to consider is God merits thankfulness. God merits thankfulness. God wants our gratitude. He, he, he's worthy of our thanksgiving. And Paul's whole desire is that more and more people, the more and more people who receive this grace, can, resent, can, can then uh, render more and more thanksgiving to God. And remember that all the glory always goes to God. James says this in James 1, verse 17. Every good and perfect gift. Every good and perfect gift is from above. Coming down from the Father of the heavenly lights, who does not change like the shifting sands. Gratitude glorifies the giver. Every good and perfect gift. And now, yes, I realize that we are to be grateful and thankful to one another. We are to be grateful and thankful for all that we have and all that we can do and our gifts and the abilities. But when you think about it, it all has to be redirected back to God who gives us the talents, the abilities, The gifts, who gives us one another. Hey, I am so thankful for my wife, for her love, her devotion, and her companionship. But I also realize she's a gift from God. I love my two daughters, my two granddaughters, my two son-in-laws. And as much as I'm thankful for them, I have to realize that they are a gift from God. And I'll tell you what, I am so thankful for my church family, for every one of you. But I also realize that if it wasn't for God calling me here and for God calling you here, we wouldn't be associated with one another. You see, all that we have, all that we can do, all that we own, Really, the thanksgiving goes back to the one who gave it to us, God. And not only does God merit thankfulness and we need to direct it, we need to deflect to him. Now he says, all this is for your benefit. And we're going to get into this a little bit in a couple minutes of, of what he means by all this is for your benefit. But Paul says basically, all my hard labor, all my work, All that I have done. It's for you to receive God's grace. For you to receive eternal life. It's for you to receive the forgiveness of your sins. So that more and more thanksgiving could go to the glory of Paul. Paul's labor and his hard work. It was never about himself, but it was all for the glory of God. Betty, you've been wondering all day about this, haven't you? I told Betty she's getting the axe. No, not really. (laughs) Think about this. The axe cannot boast about how many trees it has cut down. Because without the lumberjack, it's nothing. It's the lumberjack who made it. The lumberjack who sharpens it. And it's the lumberjack who uses it. And without him, the axe is nothing. I'm reminded of the words that Jesus said. I am the vine, you are the branches. Apart from me, you can do Nothing. And may we never forget. One of my pet peeves is when I hear people boasting about all the people they have saved. Get off your high horse. Scripture says, because some plant, some water. But who gives the increase? God gives the increase. And when someone comes to the saving grace of Jesus Christ and and you lead them to salvation, man, you got to redirect that praise back to God because you don't know how many people have watered and planted before you've come along. And it's God who always gives the increase. Johann Sebastian Bach a great music composer, at the end of all of his literary musical uh, compositions, he would put these initials, S-D-G. And you say, well, that's not J-S-B, but at the end of every one of his compositions that he wrote, S-D-G, Solo, sola, dead the gloria. Glory to God alone. Solo. Glory to God alone. In all that we do, in all that we are, in all that we have, with our gifts and the abilities. Yeah. Pastor Great message. Thank God. You did an awesome job. Thank God. May all the praise be redirected to the one who gives the ability. Well, we know that grace motivates thankfulness. We see that and we know that that all God merits thankfulness directly or indirectly. And what's the goal? The goal is multiply thankfulness. Multiply thankfulness. Paul's wholehearted desire. Paul says I'm all things to all men. So that I can win some. Paul's whole ministry, his whole life, his core value was more and more coming to Christ so that there could be an overflow. And here's my challenge my challenge in reading about Paul's life and and what's coming next is this. Boy, we we delight in our salvation. We delight in the gift of eternal life. We can lay our head on the pillow every night and know that if we don't wake up, we will be ushered into eternal glory. And as thankful and as glad as we are for our salvation. Does it bug you that there are six billion people who still yet do not know Jesus Christ as their Savior? Does it bug you that the one living next to you, the one you work with, maybe that family member who's going to sit at your Thanksgiving table, how is it that we're so thankful for this great gift, but yet we don't express it to the ones that need to hear it? Because there's a cost. Paul says all this, All of what? Everything that I've written before this. All this. Let's take a look at the price of this gold. In verse 5 he says, For we do not preach ourselves but Jesus Christ as Lord and ourselves as servants for Jesus' sake. There's a selflessness. And listen, in your Christian walk, if it's always about you, then the gospel's not going any further than that. If in your Christian walk, if everything is about yourself, the gospel's not going any further. And Paul says, listen, it's not about us. It's not about me. But, but we render ourselves as servants to Jesus Christ. There was a selflessness to Paul. And not only was there a selflessness, but in verses 8 and 9, he talks about being hard-pressed, perplexed, persecuted, struck down. Paul says not only is there selflessness, but, but we have suffered for the cause of Christ. We have suffered that we may bring this grace to you. And then he says in verse 11, for we who are alive are always being given over to death for Jesus' sake. So that his life may be revealed in our mortal bodies. That's what we had on Wednesday night. Live dead. Live dead. Live as though you're dead. Live as though you're dead. So that Jesus Christ can be revealed in your mortal body. There's a submission. All of this, Paul says. All of this. Our selflessness. Our submission. And our suffering. It's all about. More and more people receiving the grace of God. And what's the product of this gold? More and more. More and more. And I'm sure that you would agree we don't need more on the table. But we need more at the table throughout eternity. Singing at the marriage supper of the Lamb. Worthy. Is the Lamb worthy? More and more, John, in his revelation of heaven, in his vision, saw the more and more. In Revelation chapter 7 verse 9, After this I looked, and there before me was a great multitude that no one could count from every nation, every tribe, every people, every language, standing before the throne and in front of the Lamb. More and more, more and more was the heartbeat of Paul. So that more and more could render thanks to God. Vance Havner, I don't know if you've ever heard the name Vance Havner. Saved at the age of 10. Called to preach at the age of 12. And was licensed with the Southern Baptist Organization. At the age of 15 he was ordained. And went through all America as an evangelist for the Southern Baptist organization. He said this. When anything good comes our way, we usually tell it. Strange that the greatest good tidings of all should find us holding our peace. Do you need a translation of that last? Strange that salvation keeps our mouths shut. More and more. So that more and more thanks could be rendered to God. Pastor Bonnie, you can come. A.B. Simpson, another famous preacher, wrote a poem on Thanksgiving. I don't want to read the whole thing, but let me just read the last stanza. While we love to count the blessings, grateful for the year that's gone, Faith would see a wider vision. Hope would gaze yet further on. Seems with one accord to say, Christ is coming soon to bring us earth's last best Thanksgiving day. When we hear the sounds of the trumpet in the clouds and he appears, what a Thanksgiving day that will be. But in light of that last Thanksgiving day, what does it do to your heart for those who don't know Jesus? And I pray that this week of Thanksgiving, my prayer is that you'll be able to come alongside of someone and God will give you that moment just to speak into their life of all that you are thankful for. The gift of salvation. My sins are forgiven. The promise of eternal life. In our group huddle, Pastor Matt talked about being at Rebecca's cousin's Service yesterday, a 17-year-old boy who had a heart transplant and his body rejected the heart. But he says, thank God for God's word that can speak in those moments. And thank God for a 17-year-old boy who knew Jesus Christ and for his parents who knew Jesus Christ. doesn't make it easier. But it does give them the blessed hope that someday they will be reunited with him. Come on, what are you thankful for? Let this week, a week of thanksgiving, let it be a desire not to see more and more on the table, but let your desire like Paul to see more and more at the thanksgiving table throughout eternity. Would you bow your heads with me?